Hello, zebras. This episode is with the incomparable Kirk Durbin. That's a fun word to say, incomparable. I don't even really know what it means. It just makes somebody sound more distinguished and important. Uh, but Kirk is pretty important because, uh, let alone he's a Bitcoin master, <laughs> I just it's all fake internet money, isn't it? It's not even real money. Well, we'll get in, into that on the podcast. If you don't know a lot about Bitcoin like I do not know a lot about Bitcoin, Kirk, this introductory ep- introductory intro. <laughs> introductory episode with Kirk is more about his life and his uh, overcoming a lot of struggles, but also a little bit about his Bitcoin life. That's kind of like where he's at today, how he pulled himself out of these struggles, right? But we're going to have more episodes coming up with Kirk talking strictly about Bitcoin because I live in a small town and in this small town, it's hard to find experts on new technology. And as far as blockchain, Bitcoin, cryptocurrency goes, Kirk is that dude. He's awesome to talk to. He's, he's very knowledgeable, and he's also got his head on straight, man. So we had an awesome conversation. I can't wait for you to check out that talk. If you want more information about what he does, the Apollo Project on Facebook, make sure that you follow that page to get insider information on cryptocurrency. I got to thank the sponsors who make this podcast, sponsor, uh, this, this podcast possible, like the Clay Cup, Downtown Altoona, 201-2608. That's 814-201-2608 if you want to call up Sarah and the rest of the crew at the Clay Cup. It's my favorite place to go hang out. It's a, it's a coffee shop, but it's also all about creativity. You can buy your products. You can buy your coffee. You can just hang out. People go there just to chill, man. People love the environment at the Clay Cup. If you want to get a sense of what it's like, though, on social media, find her on Facebook and Instagram, The Clay Cup. Honestly, she could probably give me some social media advice. She's so good at it. Uh, but you can also go in there and you can paint pottery. You can fire some clay in the kiln, take home your, your very own personal mug that you designed, colored yourself, and also try out the delicious teas and coffees that she has at the Clay Cup. Shout out to Trade Secrets. Now, Trade Secrets makes all their products in-house. Everything is made by the owners. There's only, there's only two owners of the Clay Cup, and they or only two owners of Trade Secrets, and they make it all there in-house. All natural body care products for your body on Facebook, Secrets and Trade, on Instagram, Trade Secrets underscore Skincare, 1223 13th Avenue in Altoona. I think I got the point across, right? Let's start the show. This is Rob Z Radio. Welcome. Broadcasting live from the Launchbox Studios in downtown Altoona, Pennsylvania. We're live with another episode. Uh, Kirk Durbin's in the house. Hey. What's up, dude? Oh, not a whole lot. First podcast appearance? Yes, sir. That's what I'm talking about. First time on the microphone? No. All right. <laughs> hey, you've been doing seminars, actually, lately, right? Uh, yes, I've been speaking around the area, and um, yeah, got some music experience back in high school. Too, oh, yeah. yeah. What do you do? Freestyle rapping? Uh, what are you doing? Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Are you for real? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, something like that. That's awesome. I did. I tried for a small portion of my life as well and <laughs> realized I was way too white for that sort of thing. So I <laughs> just way too corny. It didn't, it wasn't my deal. Um, so I, the reason I brought you in, so uh, the, I guess we'll just, the story of how I, I found out about you and then we'll kind of like get into what you're all about. So uh, you had messaged me. I do these freebie Friday things. If you follow me on Facebook, Rob Z Radio, I give away free stuff from local business. You messaged me a couple of weeks ago and say, hey man, how about we give away some uh, Bitcoin? That is correct. And I was like, that's an interesting proposition. So came up to Catalyst Space, which is here in the same building that, that we're in right now. Uh, and by the way, check out Catalyst Space if you're in the Altoona area. Uh, but you're up there 
mining Bitcoin. Building the future. <laughs> we were bringing Blair County into the future. Dragging them as uh, kicking and kicking screaming. Kicking and screaming. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I go in there and you're like, you're at this like busted up table, just chilling on a laptop. <laughs> This computer's like humming, like it's just like screaming. That thing's like so loud. Yes. And I don't, I don't know. These are things that are out of my realm of understanding. So I, I didn't understand what was going on. Hopefully, you can enlighten us a little bit with this episode. Uh, but that's how we met. We gave away some Bitcoin on my Facebook page, and that's your life. Yes. Like you have now. You, your life is Bitcoin. That's li- how you do business. I live inside the cryptocurrency world. Yes. How did? I guess I, I, the first question I have is like, how did that initially happen that you ended up like, this is the only thing you're doing? Um, so it's, it's been a crazy road. Um, but I, it, the short version is that I have been invested in it in a, for a while. Um, when you say a while, like how long? For five or six years. The difference now, though, I think is that I, I've been preaching this for a while and for all this time. And I think the difference now is I have an audience. Yeah. Right. Uh, CNBC is huge on the crypto world right now. And people are listening and wishing that they would have got in the first time they heard me talk about it and didn't call me crazy, et cetera. Et cetera. Yeah, I was going to say that was the first initial <laughs> phase, right? Like, this dude's nuts. What yeah, is he talking yeah, about? What, this magic internet money. Like, what yeah. is this? Because didn't it, it stemmed from magic the gathering online or something like that where it was first built well that so that was the first bitcoin exchange was a uh, the domain was for a magic the gathering website right. and they repurposed the domain mount gox to um be a cryptocurrency exchange and that was one of the first major exchanges and from there it's just kind of and that was what back in 20 that was uh that was 2008? Yeah, yeah. Like in the early, well, uh, no, it would have been about 2010 Okay. I believe. I could okay. be wrong. And if you had, like, the idea is, right, if you had $100 in Bitcoin in 2010, hung on to it till right now, you'd have, like, $100 million or something, or $10 million. <laughs> uh, that, that may be accurate. I'm not exactly sure what the price was back then, but, yes, it, there's thousands of percent gains. And um, th- that's the part, I think, because when, when people, like, because when I first heard about it, we were just talking, like, Joe Rogan's podcast, uh, Andreas Antonopoulos, or however you say his name, was on there, and I needed talked. He was talking about it, and it was just so over my head. Like I was interested, but I didn't get it. How did? Were you already? A, you were already a computer dude, a tech guy. You already understood how it worked. So I come from the IT world, and I think it was a um, adoption of the ideology back then. Mm-hmm. So back then, yeah, it came from a, the major use case was the drugs and hitmen world. You know, the dark, the net. Silk Road, that yes, whole thing, the Silk yeah. Road, and they. Um, that's kind of where. It started for me. Mm-hmm. It was smash the banks, screw the government, like anonymity. They don't need to track me. And anonymous, yes, that whole movement. Uh, not the people, but oh, yes, okay, anonymity right, yeah. in privacy, but not anonymous with a capital A. Okay, yeah. So, <laughs> so they um that was that was my ideology, and I went all crypto. Like they don't need uh, you know, and I it's not like I had I was already wrapped up in bad things. My uh credit was shot so i didn't need the banks in my eyes and um that's kind of where it started for me and as things progressed i got into trouble ended up doing a tour of some jails and rehabs and whenever i got out i wanted to pull everything together you know and bitcoin had already become so much more valuable it and it was more of an investment vehicle rather than an actual currency to buy and sell things with right so um i started kind of investing saw some opportunities from some trades and thought, hey, I might be really good at this and just 
dove in and now it's changed my life. That's crazy. Like so you're you're locked up and while you're in there you can't access your Bitcoin, but it's making you money technically. Like it's in there growing. Yeah, I know I, I had no idea. Yeah, you didn't even know what was going yeah, on. They with don't it. they don't have a price sticker in Blair County prison. <laughs> that's so that's so crazy though, right? I mean yeah. that, that's awesome. And I love the fact that like your 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 credit's already screwed. So how many people out there like your credit's already ruined? You know, you've bad credit from what for whatever reason. And this is a way out. Right, I mean, it's a way you don't need a loan anymore. You don't need that kind of stuff. I mean, that, this is speaking from somebody who would know what they're doing with it. Right, and and that that's kind of where um, that's kind of why I've been so adamant in in trying to educate because it changed my life in such a way where I'm a heroin addict with a criminal record and the banks hate me. Right. So I'm can't find a job. Um, I'm already shunned by society. And I can't even get, I can't get ahead, you know? Yeah. And I was provided an opportunity via cryptocurrency to just forgo all that and step around all of that. Right. And I still believe that it is early enough in the technology that other people have this exit too. The yeah. exit of the corporate nine to five, the corporate slavery of banks and government and all that. Yeah. Well, especially whenever, uh, you know, you think you, like you when you get. You were talking about whenever you got out of jail, and there's they don't do anything. They're like, "Hey, see you later, dude." Yeah, and so you're on the street, not even a ride set up to pick you up. Right, like, right. It's yeah. Nuts. So they they um, when I got out, I mean, I didn't do a whole ton, of, a whole lot of time. I did a month there in Blair County. Um, when I got out though, I wasn't allowed to call and uh, get a ride or anything. They, you know, they just pop the gate. That doesn't make any you, sense. You walk outside and you feel like there should be something. You just got out of jail. You might have you might have did some time, and it's just kind of like, nah, here, like the gate shuts behind you and that's it. It's over. <laughs> and and like the my troubling part is, who do you call? Yeah, the people that you knew before you went in. You know, and like it, it's just a, a vicious cycle. Yeah, it's an easy way. Like they're kind of like leaving it open for you to just get <clears throat> wrapped back up in the things you were wrapped up in before. Yeah, and it's a it's a dangerous circle, and. Then, it, you know what's the recidivism rate? They go back almost immediately. Yeah, yeah. What is the percentage there? Like yeah, it's, it's it's very it's high. high. It's high to go. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, I think I truly believe it's the lack of opportunity or lack of knowledge of programs that may be out there. Right. And there's no setup. There's you get out. There's no setup for you. Nothing prepared for you to go do. Even if you have a job while you're in jail and you're getting paid like whatever that small amount is, that's gone when you get out. The skills are gone like what do you, you yeah and the, w- w- you can't put i worked in the blair county prison kitchen <laughs> as your on your application <laughs> so, that's true but yeah. uh yeah and like you know there's programs ovr offers programs you know or, and like a lot of people are drug addicts why why can't there why isn't there a stepping stone to somewhere like home nursing or yeah. pyramid or some other outpatient group you know like and when you get out you that's really the last thing on your mind too, because you you don't really you don't know you don't know where to go. You're coming back into society from the dungeon that, that's on that's down there, you know, and it's it's a sad situation. And I don't think it's just Blair. It's not just Blair County. I think it's a nationwide issue. Oh yeah, it's every city, every town, every jail. It doesn't yep. matter. Um, it's become a business. I mean, they are not they are privatized now. You have your privatized prisons. It's a, Pro- profitable business. Yeah, it's straight up, and it's not even like a business. It is a yeah. straight up business. <laughs> they so, even have like population caps in their contracts. You right. Know, yeah, crazy. you have to have so many people in to. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's nuts. Um, so let's back up from that though. So like growing up and everything, were you always into technology? Was that always? 
yeah. kind of your expertise? Yeah, so I've always been a computer guy growing up. Um, I graduate. I, I'm from Crescent. I graduated from Penn Cambria in 2006. Uh, after that, I went to St. Francis for psychology, though. Um, I did three years there before. That's a great major. Yeah. A lot of great jobs come out of psychology. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And uh, <laughs> they. Uh, I had comms, communications. That's just equally as bad. <laughs> Might as well went for art. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, at, but after three years, I ended up dropping out. Addiction was kind of taking hold. Uh, my dad had passed away. And uh, so, uh, my wife would say that that's kind of like the triggering point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, that's whenever, that's like the one point in my life where I could say everything started to really spiral out of control. Um, I was I was using then, but it wasn't crazy until around that point. That's whenever everything just went. Like how old were you at that time? I was 21. Okay. So, um, yeah, and th- like that's probably the one indicator that I can really trace back to that like really spun everything out of control. Your dad passing away. Yeah. Kind of just sent. It, so things were teetering once that happened, though. Yeah, he yeah. was he was diagnosed with a uh, brain tumor in April and died the following January. So it was oh, like man. a super downhill slope. And, um, yeah, it was just chaos. And like I said, I've been experimenting right before then, but, like, that's when everything kind of lost. I lost hold of everything, and yeah. it just went nuts. So as you like, as that happens, because I mean, we were talking before, like I've, I've been there, not where you were at exactly, but like I've had, I had friends who were where you were at, you know, and they are still messed up and it's, it's a super difficult thing to get out of, very easy to fall into and super hard to get out of. Like it's just such a mess and you're, you just, everything's just all screwed up from there on out and it's like a constant uphill battle. Like you're always trying to get to the just at the starting line, it seems like. So yep. I, I experience it on, on some level, um, but I, it's it's such a common thing. It's so, like, you hear that story, and it's like, well, yeah, I mean, there's, like, um, millions of people who have gone through that same exact situation, you know, who'd never get out of it. They never figure out how to clean themselves up, how to get another job, how to make any money, how to fix their credit, buy a house, whatever right. it might be. Right. So it's awesome that you did it. And I think it's really cool. Anybody listening to this, so if you're not from Pennsylvania, we're we're in central Pennsylvania, which is Altoona. It's like 40 minutes from State College, from Penn State, about two hours from Pittsburgh. Um, right in the and, middle of Pennsylvania. Yeah, <laughs> right here in <laughs> Pennsylvania. So, but really it applies to anybody anywhere. The story is very uh, universal, especially like in the, the generation we're living in. Uh, so I think it's inspirational for anybody to hear how you got yourself out of it. Like, how did you kick everything? So um, I was, after doing um, some time, like going in and out, doing the uh, jail rehab tour, you know, the, my last run here landed me um, in in Blair County Prison as a part of Judge Capriva's drug court. And that is my pivotal, pivotal moment in life where I went to CoForge for a little bit, got out used and then they sent me to jail for a month and then to a rehab in Harrisburg called Concept 90. And I think the issue or the difference there was it was more behavioral whereas CoForge is kind of like an NA 12-step boot camp. Um, Concept 90 focuses a lot on behaviors and uh, how to deal with various emotions that come with sobriety. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the changing like that that's where everything kind of the tables turned and I kind of got a hold of everything cuz one I had some clean time I was there for 3 months and two I had more knowledge and um it it, it instilled a huge sense of gratitude 
And that actually kind of led me to where I am working for myself too, because I value my freedom versus valuing my nine to five job and making sure I make my hourly weight, you know, and making yeah. sure I get my 40 hours a weekend. Well, working for yourself, and I've just experienced that over the past couple of months working for myself, like the incentive to work is so much stronger because you kind of have to. Right. Like or you're not going to survive. You can go to a nine to five job and kind of just slack off half the time and make the money. I mean, in theory, some jobs you can't, but. You get the security there. Yeah. But you don't get the freedom and happiness. Yeah. Is how, that's what I've discovered. Yeah. So what were the, like the pattern? I'm, I'm curious about that. Cause like, what were the pattern breakers? Like, what do they do to like break those? The mindset um, patterns or whatever that is. So I think the biggest thing was kind of where as an addict, you blame everybody else. Mm -hmm. It's it's always because of this is why I did this or, you know, and it's really not. It's, it's an internal, it's a spiritual internal struggle. It's an internal sickness. And it's, um, so that's kind of where, you know, you are responsible for everything you do and how you react. You are in control of how you feel. Mm -hmm. If I punch you in the face, it is up to you if you want to laugh at me, get angry, cry. You know, it, it, you are in control of your emotions. And I think that was kind of what changed it all is whenever someone ticks me off, I don't have to get angry and get into that obsession and, you yeah. know, and obsess over revenge or whatever because then it leads you down that path. Yeah. And I think that was really what it, what clicked for me. I think that's super important, man. I I try to think that myself because uh, you know there's only one there's only one person you can ever truly influence, only one person you can ever truly control, and that's yourself. Right. And that's even super hard. Yeah. So think of how hard it is to control yourself. Thinking of thinking you can have some sort of long lasting impact on somebody else. Like good luck. Right. You might on a temporary basis, but dude, that's it's so hard to even do it to you. So to to expect that to happen for others is is crazy. Um, so that's really good. I mean, that's awesome. That program taught you that because that's something that I think a lot of people never like. That's something that should be taught in school. I agree. Not in a drug rehab program. I mean, both. But, but like right. that's more important when you're ten. You know. And like, we and that's actually come up a few times is where like you could go to this program not as an addict and learn a little bit and learn some life changing skills and it's it's eye opening and it's a different approach and I su I support it hundred percent. So it's more hands on like with the way you learn it like they you you're stuck there. Oh yeah, it's, so it's pretty to. it's yeah it's pretty brutal and in your face and I think that's kind of what I needed too because I have a I can get I can become arrogant and cocky you know and I needed someone you know one of my counselors. He, I said, I came up and I said, hey, and I think we should. And he cut me off. He's like, if I wanted your opinion, I'd have a needle and a bottle cap. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And like, but it was that in your face attitude. Like, you know, and, and the whole thing was, is like that, that specific event was to trigger me to react. Yeah. He wanted me to snap out on him, you know? And they had tools in place to do, you know, and I had to go into their little process of confronting him, not, in a in your face screaming temper tantrum kind of way you know i had to go and write how i felt down and how i've you know different things like that but right. it was a, it was taking a step back from the situation and addressing your emotions that you're feeling and then coming back and saying hey man like that was that was messed up to say you know? right and this is this is how i felt and this is how you know so in, in, like the antagonist like trying to drag you into yeah, and it will, so you can get the feelings yeah, out and they will do that oh wow that's crazy yeah, it was uh it was very intense at times i bet it was and you're yeah. like biting your tongue like yeah. flipping out in your yeah, head yeah because and like if you did snap out like it wasn't like they weren't gonna like punish you you know but that was okay this triggered him 
let's see how we can address that emotion. Yeah. And like, uh, yeah, it was really awesome to see, especially having the psychology years behind, like, you know what I mean? I could kind of pick apart what they were doing. Right. And, uh, yeah, it was a really interesting That's program. pretty genius, man. Is that, is that a program that's, that's like replicated or is that just through Judge Capriva? Uh, it's, the, well, the rehab is Gadenzia and oh, okay. they are, they're pretty big. And, um, but th- this was a, it was a, called Concept 90. They have, they do halfway houses. They do inpatient. They do the behavioral therapy like I was in. And they, they have a lot of different programs, but it's through Godenzia. Okay. It's just odd to me. When you talk about this, when you talk about this sort of stuff and I think about school, it's like you could take all of those things that they don't bother teaching you until you're so messed up that you need them so you don't die. You know, yeah. Like teach them before anything bad has ever even happened to you, and that might change. Like that, that's such a simple concept, but so impossible to implement right. for whatever reason. Because, well, and because everybody has you know different life experiences that trigger different emotions. You know what I mean? It's such yeah. it, it's not, it's so simple, but at the same time, each plan's individualized almost. You oh, know? okay. So it's kind of it, it. It's up and down. You know, it's kind of uh, complex. So when you were like younger with with technology and everything, what were you doing? I mean, you're probably into video games, that sort of thing. Actually, no. Probably. I mean, I did, I played video games, but um, back then, uh, it was hacking. Really, I always wanted to do the okay. uh, pen testing and stuff like that. And then I don't um, know what that. What's pen pen, testing? penetration testing? It's like legal hacking, good guy hacking before the bad guys get there. Oh, okay. You know? Um, so it was like that kind of stuff, uh, you know, break fix. The, hey, I have a virus. How do I fix it? You know? Did you learn all this on your own? Yeah, I'm self-taught for the most part. And then I went to South Hills after after St. Francis, after I got clean the first time, I went to South Hills and got my associate's degree. In what? IT. In IT. Yeah. And, um, but a majority of everything I learned was self-taught up to that point, and it was more so to get that piece of paper to take into a job because you know, HR wants to see a degree, not talent. So Yeah. Yeah, until you decide to do it on your own. Yeah. And then the, the degree goes right out the window. Well, like right. Not and even it, needed anymore. And then, unfortunately, though, with the felony, right. security's out the window because no insurance company is going to cover it. So, yeah. you know, you can take someone that's book smart and taught real well out of a book, or you can take someone that's lived it and lived off of it, and but they'll take the book smart guy because felony, criminal record. Yeah, that just kind of follows you around. Yeah. Is that, still, is that ever wiped clean? How does that work? So in Pennsylvania, I do not believe felonies can be expunged. However, I remember reading about a year ago about a, I believe it was a state representative that was really pushing for state pardons on nonviolent crimes. Um, I'm still on probation for a bit, so I got to wait until I can try that. But uh, that's probably my best option because I don't think felonies get expunged, whether they're violent or nonviolent. How long do you stay on probation for? My probation is for another four years, I wow, believe. That's crazy. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I can, but so I can I'll be eligible for early termination at fifty percent of the way. Oh, okay. Well, they so, just check, see what you're doing, see how yeah, you're living. as long as, yeah, and like I'm not messing up, you know. So as long as I keep doing well, um, my PO already said he wasn't going to combat it or like oppose it. Yeah. Because that just keeps you locked into all sorts of things, right? Like court hearings. They check um, up on you. Or... They can come to my house anytime. Uh, I go once a month, get drug tested. It's not too invasive, but it can be. Mm-hmm. And it's just that idea, especially someone that doesn't really go well with the surveillance. You know, like I prefer the privacy and anonymity part of life. Yeah. And, you know, you always have someone that's kind of looming over your shoulder and can just come, like, walk in your house at any time. And... Yeah. Yeah, that would be... I, I just imagine 
when you get out and you're because I mean, it's good that you have the probation. It's keeping you on track, I'm sure. But at the same time, you're just being kind of watched, and you're right. just being you're, you. You know, you're not free. You don't feel like there's always an anxiety there. Yeah, and I'm not, like I don't even do anything wrong. It's like when a <laughs> cop pulls up behind you, like yeah. when you're driving, you're yeah. not doing anything wrong. They're not even looking at you, but your heart still starts racing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just kind of there, like the 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 checkmate, like just keeping you in check. Um, okay, so you get past all of that, you know. It, I think the the cool part of the story is that you made it out of all of that, bounced off of it, and now you're doing better than you ever have, right? right I mean, right. like as far as like your life goes, is this the best point in your life? Absolutely, it it you know is the best thing to happen to me, honestly, because I mean, if I would have been out, I may have bought drugs with those Bitcoin, I may have sold it whenever they hit a thousand dollars or whatever, you know. And right, by yeah. the time I got out, they were so high, and I kind of saw them as the investment vehicle they were that it was worth holding on to even longer and get got me to where I am today. How did you have that sort of vision to see it? Like, cause it, I mean, in your 20s, when I was, I mean, I'm 34, you're what? 30, I'm 30. 30. Like, I would have, there's a toss up. I may have seen that as an investment, but I may have seen it as like, ah, I need some cash. I'm dumping these things off. Um, I think it was, I was fresh out of the jail rehab thing and I was playing adult. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna invest, and I'm gonna, you know, save, save up, and save for my family, and you know, and I was That's just kind of awesome. looking for a way to, basically, being a, a productive member of society and be an adult. You know, and I didn't know how to be. Yeah, you know, I was running the streets, doing stupid shit all the time. So, yeah, um, is this like six, five, six years ago? Like how long ago? I've was been, that? I've been clean since May of 2015. Okay, so um, it was around that time that whenever. Uh, everything kind of started falling into place and with uh, you know with, with the with the investment of the bitcoin you you saw when you got out of jail it's making it's jumped up considerably so you just you told me like what you would just do is take whatever you didn't spend that month and, yeah, and so, dump it back into it so i i kind of came up with this plan which was like okay so i i ended up landing a web development job and i would say receive say after taxes and insurance was seven hundred dollars after bills and groceries, if there was, say, $200 left over, I would invest that So that because I didn't need it that two weeks. I'm not going to need it the next two weeks when I get paid again. So I would invest that 200 That's a lot of discipline just to be able to do that. Yeah, and, yeah, and there, I mean, there were some times, though, like, hey, I foresee this coming up. I can't invest this time, you know, but eventually, mm-hmm. and it grows fast. Yeah. It grew very fast, That's especially cool. at that time frame. You know, if you, if you invest in January this year, you're up 1,000%. Or not this year, last 2017. To 2018. It's a thousand percent. Yeah, you're over a thousand percent, you know. So if you back this up a couple of years even, I had some stashed from me being, me messing around on the streets versus now I'm starting to invest at $300, $400, and now they're at 15000 You can right. kind of, and then you add, sprinkle some trading in there. It, it can grow very quickly. And that's kind of what you're doing now is the more of the trading end of it? Yeah, so I'm doing the trading, and then I'm taking um, – and then we're building the miners and kind of seeing which way the Blair County market is going to steer us. I, I have some ideas of things I would like to do, but I have to see if the adoptability is there in in this area. See, that's, this, will, this will be a separate – we're going to do a couple different episodes, I think, because I, I need to just – 
And I think a lot of people need to just understand, and hopefully you can help explain that on a, on a local level if you listen, like in the area. Because so many people talk about Bitcoin, and you don't know what to trust. You don't know who to believe. Some people might not even believe you. Right. They might think that this is a whole hey, bunch of bullshit coming from you, too. Hey, that, that felony <laughs> could haunt me. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. But it doesn't matter to you anymore. I've, doesn't, I've had people say that. Why, why would I listen to you? Look at your track record. Yeah. But I'm like, well. Well, I, if you sit down and watch what you're doing, I mean, I don't know what you're doing, but it seems like you're doing, you know what you're doing. I mean, it's you're you're building a a bitcoining mining computer, you know. That's is what you do on a daily basis. So, I, to me, it's like wow. Uh, where would you even start if you're faking it? How would you even start? I mean, I just look at <laughs> it as like I, I don't take offense to it. I understand, and if, I mean, if they want to come along for the ride, they can. If not, like. I'll be on the moon without them. <laughs> Is that the plan? Yep. Moving into the moon. Yep. That'd be fun. That'd be great. Yeah. I'm going to chill on the moon hard. Only those crypto rich people will be up there. <laughs> <laughs> While the world's burning. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess, you know, talking is more of like an inspirational kind of thing. I'm sure you've, you had friends who fell into it. Same deal as you did. New people who got all tangled up in that web. Like what advice do you give to people who are, who are stuck in it, who, uh, you know, relapse, come back out, relapse. It's like a continuous pattern. I think the reassurance that there is another side to it and it does get better. It, you, it is a guarantee that life gets better. Um, I've had friends that have died and they had, uh, they had notes written, like not suicide notes, but notes to their family for when, because they were they knew they were going to die from this, you know, and they overdosed and they just had a note written to their family for when that time came because they knew it was coming. Yeah. Or friends that tried to commit suicide because they didn't know a way out yeah. and they were just tired of being addicted. And I think that that's the biggest thing that I try and tell people is, I mean, you can't help someone that doesn't want it, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I think the reassurance that it does get better. Mm -hmm. If you put in the work and you put in the effort and you really want it, you can have it. The the part with addiction that's nuts is I think if, if you've never been addicted before, you know, and I think that everybody's addicted to something. It might be like working out. It might be watching Netflix. It might whatever. I mean, there's there's things that you like think about obsessively. You know, and that could be anything, but like people don't really grasp the concept of you've never been addicted to drugs or been around somebody who is, uh, it's, it's like almost a hopeless thing. It's consuming. It's like, and, yeah. And you do get to a point where you're like, you don't want to, but you don't know any other way. You don't know what to do. You truly, and if your the biggest enemy is, yeah. And your biggest enemy is yourself. Yeah. And whenever your own voice is telling you, no, it's fine. Like just one more time, you quit tomorrow. Right, it's it's a battle because when you're high, you can tell yourself that, like, oh yeah, this tomorrow is gonna yeah, be fine. Yeah, yeah. When, yeah, but then tomorrow rolls around, and you're like, that's eh, not the same. Yep. And and that's the nuts part too. It's every day. It's not like every couple of days. It's not like once or twice a week. It's like every waking moment. Mm-hmm. This is the thing that consumes all of your thoughts. It's like get high, and then figure out a way to get drugs for whenever you're not high anymore, and start getting sick so you can not be sick. Right. So it's yeah, it's it's brutal guy I used to know would say like he would be like strung out fiending for heroin and even once he even like he would like drive to Pittsburgh to get it even once he got it he was okay he's like I know I have it I don't need to do it yet but I know I have it so I'm all right 
And uh, that, it was a relief, yeah. Yeah, it's like a, th- that weight's off your shoulders, and then it's just this right back into it. It's just this circle over and over yep. and over again. And once you once you repeat, your 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 mind, your brain is just built on patterns. It's built on like habits, patterns, and that's what it knows. So if you continue a pattern, those that like neural pathway is deep. So it's almost impossible to – you have to seriously get in there and, and sever that somehow and steer it in a different direction because those are hard to break. And Yeah, and we are creatures of habit, and it's always there. And that's one of the other skills that you kind of, like, pick up is that you start to identify those behaviors and those habits. You know, like, I, I mean, I catch myself, like, I'll get stuck on a band or a song, you know. Right. And then that's – but that's that addictive behavior. And um, I think that's that's – Catching catching those addictive behaviors, which are different for everybody, is one of the key parts to recovery as well. Is knowing like music is harmless, but for trading, for example, trading is a rush. Mm-hmm. You know, you start getting these huge profits. Like it's a rush, and there have been times where I've stepped back for a few days because then when that when that pump is over, you know, you're kind of looking for the next one, and you make stupid trades and you lose money. Yeah, you know. So and, and it's, I guess you could say it's kind of like gambling but with educated guesses right <laughs> so, but uh yeah and there have been times though where i've stepped back and took a couple of days off to kind of rein myself in because i was looking for that huge gain again you're you getting know? that dopamine fix yes yeah, like yeah that's exactly it i was just listening to one of the guys who it was actually from the anonymous youtube channel but uh one yeah. of the guys who Help build Facebook, and he was he was like he was like the head designer on like user interaction or how to build the user uh, like obsession with the product, and he's in like deep regret. It's a really cool video because he's talking about like he didn't realize what they were building was this thing that was incredibly addictive, and that like you almost can't like if you try to think about what addiction's like if you have a phone and you check it every half an hour 20 minutes that that's that it's an addiction like where you your mind automatically goes to it and you pick it up and you're looking at it before you even realize it before you even have a chance to stop yourself you're already on there like looking at facebook checking a notification or whatever feel it vibrating in your pocket and it's in the other room <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah exactly it's like it's 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 embedded into your brain and you get that that kick you get the, or you get that fix Whenever you get a notification, notification. Yep. yeah, and it's like you get a follower on Facebook or somebody likes your stuff, like that is what that is. And now, oh, the scary part is obviously when you talk about kids having that at like seven years old. That's right. that's dangerous. Um, and it's a really if if you want to watch that video, I have to search the anonymous YouTube channel. I can't think of the guy's name, but um, it was super interesting because he's in he's really upset at what he did because it, it's it's such a vast. The scope of it's so big, you can't, like, from the inside understand what's going to happen to society. And it's all new. It's so this new. This is all new. Yeah. You know, and... People I, act like it's it's old school, but it's like, dude, it's been around for maybe 10 years? Yeah. Like, hard, yeah. like in a big way? Yeah, right. And, um, yeah, and, like, with my son, he does not get his iPad very often. It very, very rarely does he have his iPad. And if he has it for an extended period of time, you'll start to see, like, I'll see behavioral changes in him. Oh, yeah. And he's not, like, he's not doing anything. He's watching YouTube. But it's just something about, like. Agitation, irritation. And I think, like, that personability, maybe, of where, like, the YouTuber's talking directly to him versus, like, oh, yeah. Paw Patrol on TV, you right. know, where it's just kind of a show. It's kind of a more personal interaction between a YouTuber and a viewer, yeah. Versus a TV show where you're just viewing 
a story. No, you're totally right, man. And um, and the uh, the availability for options too. Like my son's three, and when we watch, like we're watching, he's obsessed right now with Mulan for some reason, <laughs> which is like 20 years old. I don't know why, but he loves it. Szechuan so. sauce. Yeah. <laughs> so we sit down and we watch Mulan, and he's totally fine. Like we sat there, we were watching it, and, and no big deal. I give him my iPad and give him YouTube, and he's like an addict. Because he he'll watch a video for maybe thirty seconds and then click another one and then click another one and click and then I try to take that thing away from him. It's like mental breakdown. But if he's watching a movie. I can kind of like, all right, buddy, let's shut it off. He's like, all right, no big yeah. deal. But there's something about that availability mm-hmm. and this the the accessibility and there being billions of pieces of content out there, which is probably what the Bitcoin like. And I'm not, I don't, I don't trade. I'm not in the stock market or anything like that. But I imagine that's what that that's like. There's, it's always changing. There's always opportunity, and when something works, it feels amazing. So it's yeah, and it's a lot faster pace in the stock market. You know, or they don't have huge moves. They get ten percent on the year, and you'll see a hundred percent in a eight hour time span in the crypto right. market. So right. it's super volatile, but it it, it feeds that uh, that impatience. It gives you that instant, almost instant the gratification. Yep. Yeah. So yep. So you can definitely see the correlation between addiction right the trade so you, <laughs> why i like to trade so right. much <laughs> <laughs> it, we're bringing it out it's all tying together right yep. now <laughs> Come a full circle that does make sense though right i mean like how often do you are you monitoring it like you wake up in the middle of the night like dude i gotta check the no no it's not that bad on. it's not that bad but um i mean i have widgets on my phone that update and give the price i have price alerts set different things like that yeah yeah um so as you got into it and as it started to grow, because, you know, if you talked about, if we were sitting here talking about this three years ago, I don't think 70% of the audience would have, maybe maybe right now it's about 70% of the audience understands. Back then it was maybe like 30% of the audience like would might understand. Mm, yeah, if not less. If not yep. less. So like people right there on the edge who are looking at it right now is thinking it's too late. I keep hearing that it's not. Like right now like is the perfect time to get involved. I mean, five years ago, been a perfect time. So yeah, so I always tell everybody the best time to plant a tree was twenty years ago. The second best times today, right? Yeah, you know, and I I do truly believe that we're still in the beginning phases of what we're about to see. And you know, people talk about the bubbles. The bubble's going to pop. This and that. Great tech and innovation have come out of every bubble that's ever. You know, look at the dot com bubble. Dot com didn't die. It, it changed the way we live. Yeah. You know, sure, if we're in a bubble, which if we are, it's the very early stages of it, blockchain's not going anywhere, and blockchain would be the future. Mm-hmm. So it's not really about the cryptocurrency, not as much about the Bitcoin, the blockchain itself, which can be applied to anything. Right. right? It's, it's not like this is just something that's applied to imaginary internet money. It's right, right, yeah. And, and I think the, the thing is, too, is a lot of, like, as of right now, everybody's looking at it as a person-to-person payment system. But I think the future for it holds um, machine-to-machine payments. And um, I gave you the example of a traffic jam. See, we're in a traffic jam. Can I pay the smart car? Like, and all the cars are connected. Can I pay the car in front of me to move it out of the way so I can get out of this jam faster? Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that. Or can I, you know, it's... The future is going to be definitely be weird <laughs> and be tied to this, and I think machine machine payments is really where blockchain goes. Okay. And uh, but and like that, I think that might be where like the confusion comes into place is because when you hear currency, it's hey, I'm going to pay you for X. Yeah. And no, it's going to be my computer's harnessing your computer power for this much token. Right. And then, and and 
computers connecting together, right? right. It's like a gigantic user-to-user user network. It's a giant supercomputer Yeah, where everybody's connected to it. That's Skynet, Skynet. we talked about. Yeah. <laughs> that's, so, um, that's where I always point. I love Terminator, like my favorite movie of all time. So it always just kind of points right towards that. Yes, yeah, so the T-1000 come in 2020 <clears throat> so. yeah. yeah just be prepared <laughs> might already be here somewhere actually we don't know yet um but so let's talk about locally i mean because the other part of this man is like you pull yourself out of the hole you figured out a way to like you're free now and right. i imagine your credit's good now is it been uh, in progress it's it's been proving it's on the back burner it, yeah. you know the banks put me on the back burner so it's right now now they like me so <laughs> right yeah yeah so they're they're kind of but it's in progress you're in more control now yeah, yeah. much more I have control a lot, than you were. my word is a lot stronger now yeah uh and and uh, so just getting back to where we live and and there's so many medium to small towns in america more than there are big cities uh, that are constantly struggling. Like we've been behind the eight ball for since, since the uh, we, we Pennsylvania was built. Our Altoona was built on the railroad. Once other forms of transportation and other forms of getting supplies somewhere else came along, we kind of fell behind the eight ball. Once tech, technolo- technology came along, we really fell behind. So it would you look at it as like with your position right now and how backwards we live and how backwards a lot of cities live. This is a way to bring a lot of places into the, like bring them ahead of the curve in a big way. Right? I think, yeah, and I think there's, I think there's a huge opportunity here, you know, and um, I, I see a lot of smart people, smart students, and uh, they all have the idea that to live and be wealthy and have a good job, they got to leave the area, right? And that's not true, and I and big on the work for yourself and not corporate slavery, et cetera. So you could, um, it, like, up a catalyst space. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're doing cool stuff up there. You know, they got the 3D printers. Even in the mining part, like, we're doing things to make it as profitable as possible. And there's just a lot of awesome things that are going on upstairs, and no one even knows about it. Yeah. I can't, I don't even understand everything. I talked to Andrew Trexler, who runs Catalyst Space, and he 90% of the time talks over my head, and I'm like <laughs> lost. But 10% of the time I pick up on it, and I'm like, dude, the, it's so far ahead of, and, I, and he has kids and he has students in there that do get it, and they're going to take advantage of it and do big things. But 90% of the area is just like, I don't even know what I would do. Like, what would I, how would I start my own business? How would I get out of this situation that I'm in and start my own thing? But the first step of that is just having – we all have an idea. At least I like to think. We all have like some sort of idea that could make us our own personal income. But 90% of us never act on it. We never take the time to figure out how to do it. it it's scary. It's definitely yeah. scary, especially when you have a family and you have bills and things that need to be done. But I think that um, – seeing other people like one of my biggest inspirations is seeing other people working on the stuff they're working on you know you have uh tony biddle with the sight right you know he right. 3d printed a site for a gun and is launching this product right out of out you know and like nobody knows it's here and the opportunity is there to be taken but i just don't think people are seeing it you know and yeah. i think that uh it's still so new and it's it's totally against everything that you would think of how am I going to make this happen for myself or how am I going to make a living right. it kind of goes against that in, in like the industrial world I guess you could say right and there's a lot and the, there is a lot of talent here and 
I think that if they if these people knew what was available here and seized that opportunity, there's a true possibility that Blair County becomes one of the leading places for innovation. Yeah. Versus being stuck on the railroad. Yeah. You know. Yeah, we're just we're sitting there watching life watching like the world pass you by right you know right and it's like what the hell do we do like how do we catch up or what do we like and and i think about this a lot man because i i talk to a lot of people doing local social media marketing they still don't really fully understand the power of social media but they also are hung up on oh well i have my 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 storefront i've got this brick and mortar business where people come to buy my stuff and i try to pull them into e-commerce and they're like, oh, I don't know, like I don't have the staff for it, or we don't have the time for it, or I don't want to pay for it, or whatever it might be. And it's like, dude, if you don't get on get on board with this, I mean, you could survive with a local business, but you could thrive and make a lot of money online. Right. The, the potential. I mean, you think about it, if you have a business in a town with thirty thousand people, you're probably going to get maybe. Five percent of the of the people who live here. I don't know what the percentage is. It would actually come into your store and buy stuff. But if you put it out to the whole world, if you get five percent of the whole world compared to five percent of your local area, right? You can sit back and and I think that, that that's the fear too. Is that you know fear drives us, right? Yeah. And I think that um, that's the issue too. Is like whenever you say e-commerce and people step back and like, oh no, like it's really not that big of a hurdle. Like there is, you don't need a staff, you know, like. You would you would manage their e-commerce store, yeah. Say hey, X person bought three units of this, and you got to ship it here, and your money's sitting in your PayPal account, or if they accept crypto, you know, it's sitting there in their Bitcoin wallet. Yeah, and it's it's not as hard as some people think it is. Like web, yeah, like web developers want to try and make it sound. Right, it's not this crazy hurdle that need. There's so many, uh, so much progress been made in that space that it's super simple to get into. Yeah. And I think that um that but it's that fear though and that stigma that kind of follows it where it's like oh I'll do, my, my, hire a whole internet department to manage right. this store to to build my $5,000 website. Yeah, and when, uh, it's, it doesn't have to be that way. No. And that, and that might be a part of it, dude, because I mean, you think back like 10 years ago, you'd be hiring a webmaster to build this super complicated website that they would have control over and you'd never know how to use. And they it's like they almost controlled your life. Right. Because they had like this thing that they only they could they could change and they would charge you so much money for it, so much money for maintenance, which was great on their end. They're making a lot of money and the skill is important to have. But now, I mean, I'm not going to say that Squarespace or Wix are the greatest websites in the world or a Shopify website is the greatest website in the world because they're not, but they are all you need, really. Right. And if you take it a step further and go with something like a, a hosted WordPress website, you know, it's simple to customize. You know, you can buy themes that look good and they're super simple to customize. Hire someone for cheap to do it for you because there's a ton of freelance web designers out there. You got kids that are in school at South Hills or even in high school still that want to do this. Sure, they love the experience. Yeah. It, it's not as scary as. You know, jump on Upwork or Fiverr. Yeah, hire exactly, somebody to do exactly. it. Like it's nuts. Uh, yeah, but I think it's going to take uh, it, it'll take a couple of generations for it to really, I guess, sink in. Maybe uh, because of the the like my dad's generation, he's like late fifties. They don't they get it, but at the same time, they'll never fully adopt it because they just had had too many years without it. And it's not like a knock on a generation. It's just a fact that when you when you lived in a certain pattern and a certain 
life for so long, it's almost impossible to understand that switch. I know a couple people who have. Uh, Jim Wirtz, who used to own Wirtz Landscaping, he actually does social media marketing. He's in Launchbox a lot. We've become friends, and, and they, that's what he gets it, and he understands, and he like, and he's in his uh, he's in his late fifties, and he understood how to move from a landscaping company, which is very hands-on, to do an online marketing. And he's doing a great job. But then on the other hand, you know, my dad doesn't really even, he, he has trouble with, like, getting the iPad up on the TV. <laughs> you know, he can't right. quite figure it I, out. I so. think it's a, uh, a thing of the times. Yeah. And, um, but I, I think that, I think that conversion is about to, like, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's older, even if you look at this past election, you know, there's a lot of younger faces versus the older faces that have been there for 40 years, you know. Yeah. Once those, once those older heads are shook out, I think things are going to change, but it's kind of breaking that trend of the same old, same old stuff that goes on year after year. And but I think it's coming. You know, you start to see younger and younger faces that are running for positions, and those older people are going to lose their seats. And then we're going to see a, I think a a major transition. Yeah, I, I guess it's happening fast too because of the every what what is that is it Moore's law what's the law that Moore's law out? everything uh, all the computing power doubles every and x years or I think it's every 2 years or something like that so for 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 decades things barely changed i mean they did there was progress but it was it was able to be calculated and you could watch how it grows and it wasn't too complicated but now it's like vastly different like things are just changing at such a crazy rate that if you're caught behind at a certain age, you're pretty much screwed. I, I kind of feel lucky myself because I grew up 15 years of my life without the internet. Then when I was 15, like 96, we got the internet on our computer, AOL dial-up. And then I saw from there to now what has been happening. So I, I can still remember what it was like to not have it. So I understand that end, but I also understand the end that we're living in right now. I kind of feel bad for kids growing up who, like my son, he's three like it's 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 gonna be such a different. I, I shouldn't say I feel bad for him. I just don't know what to expect for him. Right. Because I mean, I can remember counting my text messages each month to make sure I didn't go over my limit. Yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> right. now you have data, unlimited data, watching movies on your phone. It's and back nuts. then, like I could send like oh, I got like 160 more characters left. How am I gonna space these out? <laughs> right. I remember playing Snake on my Nokia phone. Yeah. And be like, dude, Snake is badass. I love this game, and I'd play it on my phone for. I'm not kidding for hours. Yep. And thinking that was so cool. And now that's just stupid. Yep. Like nobody would ever want to play snake on a Nokia <laughs> phone. Like it's just now useless. you put on a pair of goggles and like you are the snake <laughs> walking around the room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So to try to calculate that in your brain of where things are going to go, it's just it's useless. Do you, do you see like VR and stuff? Because um, I imagine it's going to take over a lot of our lives, and we're going to get lost in it. What do you see as like the future goes? Because you're kind of on the cutting edge with with all of this. I don't know. I don't know if VR will take off as we know it today. So I think VR requires too much right now, still. You yeah. know, you have to wear the big goggles. You know, it's not going to be anything like a Black Mirror episode right. quite yet. But um, I think we'll see a lot more of the augmented reality type stuff like you see in the iPhone X or the the Pixel 2 where they're placing characters in the real world versus placing you in a fake world. Yeah. So Snapchat I, does that. You put like your yeah, your and I think, emoji up. Yeah, and I think Pokemon Go was supposed to re- have a release like that where you actually see like there was going to be something around augmented reality in Pokemon Go. And I think that's 
probably more the future than virtual reality because of the technical requirements that follow the VR stuff. Right. Whereas the augmented reality is built into our phones already, yeah. and it's only going to get better. I feel like the augmented reality is even scarier than yes. virtual reality because yeah. you don't know what's real anymore. Like, right? Talk about fake news, dude. Like You don't know what's fake life. <laughs> like Everything <laughs> becomes questionable. Yeah. That's that's one of the creepiest parts. Um, and I guess I wanted this podcast to be more about how to like better yourself, but it, <laughs> automatically as soon as, because of what you're involved in and, and it's just interesting that you, you got to keep leaning things that way to see where it's going to be going. And I wonder, you know, in the future with, with drug addiction and, and everything that people get wrapped up in, what is, well, you know, people are already addicted to social media. What's the addiction to augmented reality going to be like? What's the addiction to virtual reality going to be like? Like those things are super addicting. When you can create a world that you never want to leave, why would you ever leave it? You just leave your family behind. And that, that's exactly like an episode of Black Mirror in this in their newest season. You know, the guy is treated poorly at work. Yeah. He can take their D, take coworkers' DNA and implant them in this game. And then he goes home and he like taps into this VR game, and I don't want to be a spoiler, but you know he he gets wrapped up and hooked into this VR world where he doesn't. He's in control. Yeah, he controls the world, and he, you know he's a chick magnet and this and that. And in real life, he's like treat. He's just stepped on by everybody. Yeah. And I I think that it's it's gonna be it's gonna get weird. It's super <laughs> enticing, like it's everything you'd ever want. And it's, if it seems real, then what, what the hell? Right. And it's real. Right. You know, if it's real to you. It's like a hallucination. Like if it, the hallucination is real to you, then it's real. It doesn't matter if it was actually didn't happen or whatever. You know, if it, if it had an impact on you, if it changes your life in any way, then that's in your reality uh, a real thing that changes who you right. are. Right. It's kind of nuts, man. Um, I, I, anything else you want to throw in on this one? Like as far as just helping people out who are trying to – to dig out of a hole, like where should what should I think, they do? I think it's important to know, like I said before, that it does get better. Like there is another side to all of this, and if you are wrapped up and and you are currently getting high, like you don't have to die. You don't have to die today. You know, you can go and get help, and it does get better. If you need help, I mean, there's message me on facebook and i'll find out who to call you know you can call any of these local rehabs they'll take you in um blair county drug and alcohol is awesome uh just find someone that's outside of that world and they're going to be willing to help you yeah if you truly truly want it you can have it yeah and i think that's important i guess the hard part is some people want both worlds right like they want to be clean but they still want to get high every once in a while and like how do you oh yeah how do you break that 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 would be awesome but it just doesn't happen you know like i know i cannot do that or i will destroy everything around me yeah you know we just bought a house that'll be gone you know cars will be gone we'll be living back at my mom's house if she'll take us in oh yeah that'll be gone quick you know and it, it before I know it, I'll have nothing. Right. And be back at zero. You know, and so I, I know, consciously I know, like that doesn't, that that's not an option for me. Yeah. That's that's the truth too. Like and, I'm, it, and I'm going to sit here and say like, I mean, yeah. I, it, do I think about it? Absolutely. Right. Almost every day, you know, but at the same time, it's playing it all the way through and knowing like, yeah, it'll be cool for a couple hours, but then- it's going to spiral out of control faster than you can get your hands on. 
Yeah, and that's the that's the crazy part. People think that like uh, who was I listening to? Another person who recovered from addiction. It was Russell Brand or somebody. But they were saying that they were like, you know, people think like you kick the addiction and it's it, it's gone. No, it's you still think about the addiction. It's Absolutely. still there. You just understand like it's like sticking your hand on a, a stove that's hot. Yeah. Like you do it once, you realize, oh, that's not good. So think of the pattern right. as you're as you're about to do the thing. You know, you shouldn't be doing. Think right. of the, where that's going to lead to. And sometimes that pulls harder than than it is for somebody else. But from my end of the of, of it too, man. Uh, and I I assume you found your passion. Is, is like is this your passion trading Bitcoin? Uh, uh, for now, yeah. I, I I jump around. I always wanted to do. Um, I stay with the security stuff. I do the security research. It's not official or anything like that. You know, if I find bugs, I'll submit them, vulnerabilities, whatever. But so you just go through people's stuff and see No, what... not quite like that, but, yeah. I mean, like, I've found vulnerabilities in Facebook before, and I've submitted them to their bug bounty program. And, oh, really? But it's more for fun now versus writing a report and saying, you know, because, like, that's a whole other issue with, like, security where, like, you know, you have a bank that wants their vulnerability assessment, but they say, only focus on this one server and they have like 50 of them total you know and, but this ah, one was okay. the one that they focused on for it's all compliance so but now it's like more of a hobby and there's no report writing and it's more fun so like, that would be my passion it is definitely my passion mm-hmm. and um yeah for now cryptocurrency is the way it's going we'll see where it takes me i'm kind of gonna let the market decide right yeah, it's exciting. I mean, you're on the cutting edge of something that's just beginning. Like it's it's so crazy. And and on my end, you know, if, if I could give some advice, which I've done on this podcast plenty of times, but it's just to always you got to find something that you're interested in that you also are kind of good at. It seems like usually those things are things that you've done throughout your life that you kind of grew up with, but you've never looked at as a way of making money. Like right, this, and it's, it's weird to like ask people for money because it's something that comes so easily to you. Right, yeah. You know? And you're like, oh, I feel kind of bad asking them for, to pay me for this when I would do it for free because it's what I like to do. It's easy for me, you know. But to them, that you're you're a magician. You're doing black magic. Yeah, yeah. That's the that's the that is a very important part of it because I think a lot of people, and this is this is me for sure. I don't understand the value of the things that are valuable because I've been doing them for so long that I don't really see it as a big deal. Right. But then when you talk to an outside source and you're like, I was just talking to a girl yesterday because I've been I've been doing social media like for myself when I used to work in radio. It's, it's been a, it's been about ten years now since I got like Facebook and Twitter's been around for about ten years, like oh five somewhere yeah. around there. Um, and I was talking to a girl yesterday and I was we were we were she was complaining that she couldn't tag people on her business page on Facebook. And I'm like, are you, what do you mean you can't tag them? She's like, their names won't come up. I'm like, and I'm, I'm just thinking to myself, like, what do you mean their names? This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so I was just, I told her, like, try, are you doing the at symbol? Hit at, and then type their name. She's like, what do you mean the at symbol? And I'm like, well, you got to put the at symbol in for their name right. to pop up. And it was, to me, it's like, duh. Right. But for other people, they just don't understand that the, the, the little intricacies of those sorts of things are incredibly valuable so i i think to myself like how am i going to make more money or how am i going to move forward with what i'm doing it's like i can teach people how to use the stuff better that they're using and when i do a podcast i think like how would i make this better like i can teach people and one of my main things is like i want to help kids my my idea always is i want to find me in seventh grade <laughs> and then help me out you know, like because that's the, that would be awesome if I was in seventh grade and somebody came along who like knew what I wanted to do and then helped me do that or or be the person I knew I could be 
uh, before I ever was trying to figure out how to be who I wanted to be. <laughs> uh, that sounds like kind of a, it's kind of messing my own head up trying to think <laughs> about it. But like, you know, if you can, if you can find a way to take the thing that you're really good at and you really enjoy doing and then teaching other people how to use it and better their lives with it, there's nothing really else. There's, that's the, that's the goal I think of life is to, if you're happy, like, if you can be happy and, and selfishly help people because it's making you feel better, and it's, it's okay to them, be selfish. That's yeah, that's it's it. definitely okay to be selfish. Well, we're all, I I I have always had this issue with me being selfish, and I can't shake it because we're oh, humans. We're we're going to be selfish because our, our, there's a great book by Richard Dawkins, The Selfish Gene. It, it basically is talking about like our genes are selfish because we need them for survival. So we want to procreate. We want to like keep ourselves healthy because we. Our genes want to live. They want to. They want to be passed on to other generations. Um, so yeah, it's, it, you're inherently selfish. It's hard. To, it's impossible to shake it. So flip it. How can you flip that into a into a positive? There we go. I, think I like I it. it all out. I like it. <laughs> I like it. If people want more information from you, man, how do they find you? Uh, check out the Apollo Projects website. That is the uh, cryptocurrency trading research development blockchain technology black magic. Um, it's at <laughs> ApolloProject.io. All my contact info is there. Some more about what we do is there. Some information about what is Bitcoin and what is blockchain is there. And uh, there's a Facebook group of people that are all either lightly just getting started to very invested in cryptocurrency. So um, whether it's the addiction thing or the crypto thing, you know, I'm always open, always answering questions. So just shoot me a message on Facebook. like I said, my contact, my info, email info is there. So, apolloproject.io. And I got to say, dude, I, I appreciate your honesty because a lot of people wouldn't be this honest about these sorts of things. And to, and I guess you got to be past them to be fully honest about them. That's a part of it. Yep. Um, I mean, uh, I regret things I've done, but I can't change them. All I can do is be apologetic and share my story, you know, and yeah. There, like, there is another side to it, and if someone else grasps that and can get over that hump of all the hardship that they're about to face to get to the better side, then like that, that's good. That's beneficial. So, and also, we're going to come back again and do another episode about Bitcoin, and I want to do it whenever I understand a little bit more. Okay. So once I once I have some like, I, I actually can talk about it without being completely confused. That would make more sense. So we'll come back and, and do that. And then I'll time. pull the rug out from under you and make you go do more research. Right. <laughs> Be totally <laughs> stumped again. All right, dude. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Later. Hey, now. That'll wrap it up. Thank you to the sponsors. Thank you to Juice. J-O-O-S. Juice is located at 517 Allegheny Street in Hollidaysburg at The Juice Bar. J-O-O-S. The Juice Bar on Facebook and Instagram. Fresh made-to-order juice and smoothies, smoothie bowls, and bone broth. Bone broth's good for you. I've been feeling sick lately. i got to get some bone broth from Janet Juice. She's been on two podcasts also in the past. Just look up a podcast with Jen Robin from Juice. Excellent conversations about health, wellness, keeping your body in tune. That's what she does at Juice. And also talking about keeping your body in tune, we got to talk about Harlequin Pepper Yoga, which is located downtown Hollidaysburg, right down the street from Juice, actually, 320 Allegheny Street in Hollidaysburg. You know, people always talk about how, like, yoga's not for them, especially guys talk about that. I've been taking yoga for a year, and my body has changed in so many ways. My my anxiety's changed, my, my strength, my flexibility. There's so many awesome 
benefits of yoga. I, I cannot even get into that right now. I got to have Aaron in who runs Harley Quinn Pepper Yoga sometime on the podcast to talk about that for yourself. You can find her at Harley Quinn Pepper Yoga on Facebook and Instagram. That's H-A-R-L-E-Q-U-I-N. Harley Quinn Pepper Yoga on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you to the sponsors. Thank you to Kirk Durbin for schooling me on his life in general, but also on his knowledge for Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, and blockchain. There's more episodes with him to come. So if you found that to be super interesting, uh, tune in, because more of that to come with Kirk. He's an awesome guy, and I'm super lucky. I feel fortunate that I found him, or technically that he found me. And thank you for listening. See you. That's brutal.